Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. You're listening to Here Come the Suns, a Phoenix Suns podcast. All right, welcome to the first ever episode of Here Come the Suns. I'm your host, Chapin. I'm joined together with our panelists, Fawns and Brandon in studio. How are you guys doing today? Pretty good. Thanks, Chapin. How are you? Excellent, excellent. Let's go. Let's go. Let's do this. So, um, first of all, a little bit about our podcast. First episode, super pumped. Um, so, we're a Phoenix Suns-centered uh, NBA talk show. We're going to have regular panelists, Fonz and Brandon, joining the show, and also occasional interviews. Um, we address current Suns topics of concern first, of course, but also uh, hot-button topics around the NBA. And then we wrap it up with a fan Slash panelist trivia challenge where I ask really difficult, tough questions. Very difficult questions. And uh, if if the answer is correct, then I must um, perform a challenge that's predetermined, and the, the fans as well, if they they so please. So we'll get to that later on. Uh, let's meet our crew again. First ever episode. So my name's Chapin. So here's my bio. Okay, check this out. Hardcore Suns fan. Very knowledgeable about everything Phoenix Suns. I work as a recording and audio technician, musician, and um, hooper. Uh, That's more of a hobby. I never made the NBA, obviously. Uh, And lastly, I'm I'm a LeBron hater. So let's just get that on the table right away. But that's just me. I'm joined with Brandon. Um, So Brandon's a Clippers fan. Um, He's a financial analyst. He's super knowledgeable on everything NBA. Um, He provides unique perspectives and analytics. He's the Daryl Morey of the podcast. Isn't that right, Brandon? 100%. (laughs) That's amazing. And then Fawns, lastly. um, Buckets. (laughs) Yes, he does get buckets when we play basketball quite often. A fan of the NBA. Um, And whatever team Russell Westbrook is on. He's an athletic development trainer, extremely judgmental, and he provides hot takes like a machine. And he's really good at basketball. Like it's a tough, it's a tough out every time your funds is on the other team. He recently jumped on the Lakers bandwagon. Again, this is the Phoenix Suns podcast, so we're going to talk about the Suns. Um, I'm kind of going to be your, you know, the main Suns guy. Brandon and Fonz are more NBA guys. They provide that. They round out the perspective. They're still pulling for the Suns, but they're going to just kind of help us see perspectives that, you know, locally we might be missing because we're, 
we're so locked in on our team, right? They're going to give us the neutral, the the commentator, like a national broadcast, the Jeff Van Gundy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we look forward to, to diving right in on the podcast here. So we got an exciting um, initial episode. I know we, the season's just about to, to kick off. Training camp's already going. A couple of preseason games already in. It would only be fair, though, to reflect on the Suns' amazing season that they had last year. So we're going to start with that. Then we go into the offseason, how they did, impactful additions, what's still missing. Then we have a recap of the exciting Suns-Lakers game last night. Then we will talk briefly about uh, the Lakers and their old age home roster. Right, Fonz? And Ben Simmons demanding a trade, willing to sit out the entire season. The Clippers, um, chance to have a successful season without Kawhi. The Phoenix Suns' chances this season, even though there's there's loaded super teams like Brooklyn and the Lakers. And then whether DA should get the max. He's holding out for it. So next thing we'll talk about is what we're sick and tired of. So there's going to be some hot takes there. And then, of course, the, the basketball IQ trivia question. And, uh, yeah, so that's, that's an exciting slate so let's let's get it right started so yeah so this the phoenix suns had a season of a generation last year they snapped a decade plus long streak of missing the playoffs they won 51 games in a covid shortened season of 71 and they made the playoffs again and they took down lebron in round one i can't understate i can't overstate that they took down lebron in round one he never makes it he never he makes it to the finals every year, I thought, right? So it's like, that that's huge, okay? They took down the Joker in round two, and then PG-13, playoff P, in um, in round three. So um, made it to the finals. They won the first two games, fell just short. So my first question is a two-part question. Brandon, what is the biggest catalyst of the Phoenix Suns' success last season and also the largest reason they came just short? It has to be the emergence of DeAndre Ayton. He just uh, just gave them so many options, especially in the transition game. Uh, uses his size really well. Uh, in fact, I think he probably picked up his stats by at least an extra five minutes during the playoffs. So he was on the floor for you know key moments of the game, um, and he also had the point production as well. Uh, I think it was, and he was a double, he was a consistent double double guy. So when we think about it. You know, he really gave the gave them options on the offensive side of the board, and as well uh, defensively, he wasn't a liability, so that that helped out CP3. Um, in terms of why, kind of fell short towards the end. You know, really, the Suns were the surprise of the year if we think about it. So a lot of take, good takeaways from that. We should be proud about that. But it was their youth. What got them there was that youthful enthusiasm. But it also is probably was their downfall towards the end, being up to nothing, um, a little bit of overconfidence, and as well as just the Bucks had veterans on that team that you know they've been around. Uh, they were able to sort of you know take control of that series again. So you know we look forward to this year getting back uh, and and taking that title finally. Absolutely, Fawns. What about you? I really like the addition of Chris Paul. I think that his leadership, especially um, towards Devin Booker, proved to be 
a huge part of their success. And I think that Devin Booker, we've started to see him sort of uh, emerge out of this cocoon of a young player that he was and into the true star that we're going to be seeing for the next, hopefully, 10, 15 years. And in terms of their downfall, I think the Bucks just outplayed them. Uh, Giannis wanted it, and he willed it into existence. So, as Brandon said, the Suns were a really young team, and the Bucks have a lot of veterans. They were outmatched in terms of physicality, uh, I think mentality, IQ. Uh, at the end of the day, the Bucks just outplayed them. Straight up. I hear you. So, yeah, so I, the biggest catalyst for their success for me was Chris Paul. Um, I always said that, you know, Ricky Rubio raised their floor when they acquired him, but he also capped them at a ceiling because Ricky Rubio could not shoot. Um, so, yeah, when they got Chris Paul right away, I'm like, okay, this is, this is going to be different. Not only can, you know, is he like a lethal, like one of the best ever mid-range shooters, his three is consistent, you know, shoots around 40%. Also, too, his leadership, like, he cajoled, he pushed Aiton out of his comfort zone. Like, he, he'll get on a man's nerves, but he'll also make them play to their full potential, right? When's the last time he's played on a losing team? I don't think he ever has, right? He gets the most out of everything. Um, so, yeah, man, Chris Paul, um, you know, coupled with the growth and development of their young guys, right? Of course. Like, that can't be understated. But I, this is, the question is, what is the biggest thing? Chris Paul was, like, the fire accelerator. You know, I mean, he's a Zippo. He just like he he lit the engine and is good to go. As far as like why they came just short, I mean, I could go many directions here. Da getting owned by Giannis, uh, Monty Williams not double teaming the Greek Freak for some reason, even though he was roasting him, but. I'm gonna I'm gonna go a different route here, and Brandon might appreciate this, being someone of a Clippers guy. I'm going Patrick Beverly. Do you realize that this man broke Devin Booker's nose, and really affected Chris Paul too? When he he, when he didn't he trip him up or push him down in the middle of the air, and he Paul bounced off the ground, hurt his wrist. Devin Booker and Chris Paul were not the same in the finals. They were limping in and they limped out, and unfortunately, yeah, Patrick Beverly was. Behind I'm gonna that. pin this all on Pat Beverly. Hey, it's man, all he's got. He's got black Air Force energy, man. That man is a walking black Air Force One. Yeah, Patrick, Bever- dude, Patrick Beverly. I love the man. I always wanted him on the Clippers. I don't know why the Suns have like he's been available for years. I don't know why the Suns didn't pick him up. But that being said, he screwed the Suns over. Like, you know, I mean, book with that broken nose just wasn't the same. And uh, Chris Paul, you know, he had a rough go. Um, with uh, with all the injuries there in the finals, I'm also I'm, I'm obviously we're gonna bring this up later on. I'm also like very. This is just something that I should save for another segment, but I have to get it off my chest right now. It's been a while since we've been able to vent some of these things. <laughs> I am tired of people saying the Suns had an easy path to the finals because everyone else was injured. Do they not realize that Chris Paul was like missed games and was. Hardly like a shell of himself for many games. Booker broke his nose. He had a hammy issue. Cameron Payne had an ankle. Dario Sarge tore his ACL. 
Like all the, they just focus on like the major injuries which happened like a long time before the playoffs started, and it's like oh the, the Nuggets don't have Jamal Murray. They didn't have him for like three months before the playoffs started. They should have figured it out by then, right? The Suns that happened in the playoffs, and they still. Anyways, I'm gonna put that aside for now. Okay, so we go to our next topic. The Suns had a busy off season, returning most of their core, and adding a couple of rotation pieces. It started with re-upping. CP3, Cameron Payne, um, trading for Landry Shamit, of course, and signing JaVale McGee. So, Fonz, what was the most impactful offseason addition, and what do you think the Suns are still missing to take the next step? I don't want to steal yours, but I'm going to say JaVale McGee. Um, Just because they needed somebody who really wants to hustle and wants a ring but at the same time isn't a youngster. Uh, and just seeing from his performance in these um, past two preseason games, he's been hustling. You can tell he wants it. And when JaVale's out on the floor, he's playing on ball, he's playing off ball. He's doing a really good job of getting himself involved and playing, uh, setting up the team as opposed to waiting for them to set him up. Um, so I think that he is going to be a really good addition when it comes to them getting far and deep into the playoffs in the postseason just because they're going to be faced with other teams who have big men who are hustlers who are gritty who can do the dirty work and i think he's going to be able to get that done for them yeah totally so while we're on javel mcgee yeah for for me the biggest one is javel mcgee as well um dude they, they had no backup center last year they were playing sarge small ball and he had like he had an amazing year, like he had like the best net rating off the bench. Um, I don't know if you know he kind of got exposed playing against bigger guys though. And yeah, just they needed more rim protection against Giannis. Like he was he was going undeterred to the rim, so Javale McGee would have made a huge difference. Yeah, um, and if anyone can do that, dude, the 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 man is is all limbs. <laughs> Yeah, so even if he missed times of the jump, he's still going to get a ha- his hand on the ball. Like, I have, yeah, so later on we'll get onto some of the game notes from yesterday. And yeah, he's, he jumped off the page for me. Um, yeah, as far as what they still need, I don't know, Fonz, did you, did you have anything on that? I don't know. I'm, I'm still trying to figure out. It's too early in the season to tell. Okay, well, for I, me at least. Dude, I. What what they still need is Paul Millsap. And Paul Millsap signed on the Brooklyn Nets. He was available this entire offseason. They need someone with some girth, right? So Mikel Bridges is good, but he's he's a he's a lean bean. You know what I'm saying? Um Jay Crowder is, is very you know, he's got some 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 girth, he's got some muscle, and but he's only six six. They need someone with that that's actually bigger to go against up you know, guys like A D and LeBron and some of these these big, strong, muscular, athletic guys. So Paul Millsap was that dude for me. Um, signed for the minimum with Brooklyn. And, uh, yeah, super annoying. I would also take Thaddeus Young, who's been rumored to be a trade target for the Suns. But, um, yeah, that hasn't happened yet. And they would have to give up Jalen Smith. Um, but, yeah, so far that hasn't happened yet. They might wait for a bit for some of their off-season contracts to settle down. I don't think all of them are tradable yet, and then they might do that mid-season. But 
they're still in talks about Thaddeus Young. It just hasn't happened yet. So, Brandon, we go to you. What is, um, you know, the biggest offseason addition? What what could they still do to take this team over the hump? That's a great question. Um, the Shamit signing is a, or acquisition is a good one. Yeah. Um, Rest in peace, Bulldog, Jevin Carter, <laughs> lost in the trade. We also talked about, uh, I think, for the pod about uh, the signing of Peyton. Now, I know he doesn't factor in on the top seven of your lineup, but I think what Phoenix is trying to do, they're already fairly quick already. Just adding some more guards a little bit quicker, especially when you go against teams like uh, the Warriors and the Blazers, who tend to play above the arc, uh, just to get out there a little bit quick, uh, quicker on, on D, right? So these guys can, you know, perhaps uh, take some pressure off of CP3. CP3 is not getting any younger. But so, you know, just to chew up some minutes, especially to give them some rest when you're, you're going against some of these uh, some of these teams in the West that have really good guards uh, and, and play and use uh, the three ball, right? So I think those are good acquisitions. Uh, also just retaining uh, some of the guards they already had. That's another good one. Uh, moving forward, uh, same thinking as you, uh, more veteran presence on the team. Um, in fact, they, they need Pat Beverly is actually who they need. Right. So I know that sounds a little bit odd, but a little more sandpaper in the lineup is not a bad thing. Uh, Phoenix tends to be probably a little bit soft. So adding a veteran like that who isn't afraid to stir things up just gives Dude. it would give Phoenix another d- dimension, especially going up against teams like the Lakers and the Clippers and um, uh, in, in the playoff. Hey, I, w- I wouldn't complain if they got Beverly. I mean, how would that work, though, with CP3? Do you see what Bev did to CP3? They just shoved them in the back. <laughs> that was nuts. And, and yeah, so as good as Patrick Beverly was, he keeps moving from team to team. Like Clippers got rid of him this offseason. Where is he now? Minnesota or Memphis? He got he got shipped off. Yeah, it's true. I think it's Minnesota, I think, right? Yeah. So yeah, I mean I don't really know what Clippers did this offseason. I don't actually think they got better. They got Bledsoe, the man that wanted out of Phoenix. Uh so We'll, we'll, we'll come picked to up that. Phoenix trash is what we picked up. <laughs> <laughs> I do appreciate Brandon's point about sandpaper in the lineup. Because right now, I'm loving the way the Suns are looking. But at the same time, they do still look like the pretty boy team of the NBA. Um, in terms of amazing offensive power. Incredible. But as you were saying earlier, they need some girth. They need some guys who can really stick it to bigger players like ad Giannis, exactly what we saw happen last yeah. year in the in the finals yeah i'm not here yet and also too like i think this this season's uh sons are going to be bigger like i looked at javel mcgee off the bench seven feet jalen smith if he cracks the rotation yeah he's 610 he's, he's wiry but he's also bouncy and full of energy so from a power forward position yeah they're, they're a lot taller so, but I do have this prediction. Yeah, I think this year we're going to see a record amount of uh, buyouts towards the end of the year. Interesting. So, if we could fill out the roster then, right? Just got to get to that point. Yeah, they still got a roster spot. I like so. that. I'm going to write that down. I'm going to hold you to that. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I'll have <laughs> predictions. You can you can write them down. <laughs> yeah, man. Brandon's full of predictions. So, as long as you're going to keep track of them, because some of them come true. There's been. There's, I'm there's writing this down. Missing the playoffs? Did that happen that one a couple years ago? <laughs> no, we, dude, on our, yeah. So we predicted that Chris Paul was actually going to go to the Suns, yep. and he went there. So, 
and our, our previous and he was going to do well. Yes, episodes. and um, and our previous uh, podcast uh, project before uh, before this one. And while we're on that subject, yeah, shout out to to Dave King and uh, SB Nation, Bright Side of the Sun, Vox Media for for this opportunity. We're all super excited about this opportunity to to restart the podcast, doing doing what we love, talking about basketball, and we're excited to to get to know. Uh, the Phoenix Suns fan base. We've been watching this team for years, and now we actually get paid a little bit to to talk to you about the Suns. So this is a dream come true. Super excited. And even if we didn't get paid, we'd still be doing it because we love the Suns. That's and right. we love the NBA. That's right. That's right. So um, that being said, the Suns actually played a game last night against the Lakers. Their second preseason game. Um, yeah. So we're gonna have some reaction for it. We're gonna have my full coaching scouting report i sat in front of the game and took notes i got notes on each player in the rotation we don't have all day so i'm gonna have to rush through this a little bit fawns also uh got to watch the highlights twice indeed just to make sure you didn't miss anything so so let's get started so what happened um first of all do you have a final score on that wasn't it like a 113 103 or something hold on let me uh fawns gonna look that up for us the, so it wasn't as close as it seemed. Like at one point they were up by twenty five, close to thirty. It was a good old fashioned spanking, a beatdown. Uh, one seventeen, one hundred five for the Suns. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, twelve point game. Um, so who looked good? Who looked bad? So these are my notes on the the Suns rotation players. So let's start at the top. So the new backup shooting guard, Landry Shamit. So yeah, so he has some playmaking ability that jumped off the page to me he he kept his head up when he was driving he kept his dribble alive he looks like he could be a secondary playmaker um here's my take he's the best backup shooting guard the Suns have had in years I mean last year they're rolling out Etuan Moore Jevin Carter Langston Galloway none of them really cemented themselves it was a conglomerate of backup shooting guards now they just have one guy Landry Shamit and he's better than all those dudes so, yeah, he's going to be a big upgrade. He's got handle, bounce, acceleration. He blew by, um, got to the rim for a dunk. Of course, he's a knockdown shooter. He also moves without the ball, kind of like Richard Hamilton or Ray Allen, Reggie Miller, those guys that kind of just constantly moving. So, like, that, that's an asset. Also, too, um, like his defense has been criticized in the past. I think it might be slightly underrated. I think he actually is a pretty solid defender considering he's not that thick of a dude. So, yeah, I'm impressed with with Landry Shamit. Let's go to DeAndre Ayton, shall we? Bit bit polarizing. So, again, we're going to get to it a bit later. You know, he's he wants the max. So, I'm not going to comment on that now. I will say it looked like that was on his mind when he was playing. Um I also, I don't know, have you ever, you know, it's like the last day of school or, you know, it's a holiday or something. The attitude changes. It just looked like, I mean, maybe it's just the preseason. It looked like DA wasn't, you know, taking that game as seriously as he could have. Um, and, dude, for someone that wants the max, okay, he looked bigger. He had some nice aggression on some dunks. He He went through this thing where he was just laying everything in. A year or so ago. Okay, he's actually dunking again. That that stayed, so I'm excited that it wasn't a fluke last year. Um, yeah, so 
what I'm upset with is like there was a couple occasions when he had Carmelo on him and another short Lakers guy on him, and he didn't just back him down and punish him. He just stayed out on the perimeter. So like, dude, a guy that wants a max, you gotta you gotta punish these small guys. You gotta play with aggression. You can't have you can't be relying on Chris Paul to force that out of you. This has to come naturally, and I just don't see that yet. So, um, that being said, he also bodied up. Anthony Davis a few times and really bothered his shot. So like I, I'm impressed with the defense and he's 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 doing really good, but there's there's a ways to go to be that max player. So Chris Paul, my my scouting report on him is he he's back and he's just as good as before. Like he didn't lose a step. He never seems to get worse. Like he's 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 turned uh yeah, he's found the this fountain of youth. So that's amazing. Cam Johnson Buddy's looking more confident this year. He's looking loose. I saw a step back crossover. I saw an aggressive take to the rim where he just drove through somebody and drew the foul and one. Dude, ja- JaVale McGee had his hands on every stinking ball. He looks really comfortable in Monty Williams' point five system. It's probably from playing with the Warriors, and he's just setting screens, passing, running the offense from the top of the three-point line. So, yeah, JaVale McGee going to be huge. Ultra-athletic, ultra-long, rebounding, dunking, finishing, instant chemistry with Chris Paul. He had a few alley-oops. He just knows how to set a pick already. And you throw that ball anywhere near the rim, and he's going to just jam that thing, right? So, crazy. I got a few more guys. I'm sorry. I'm going on a bit of this – is, this is my coaching report. So, Jalen Smith. Okay, so here's the thing with Jalen Smith. At this point, the draft pick, pick 10th overall, we know Fonz was high on him. Um, coming out last year, actually predicted he'd be a lottery pick, but at this point, he's a waste of a draft pick because he didn't play all of last year. So either you, you need to play him or you need to trade him for something. For a team that's trying to win a title, you can't be you can't be riding the pine when you're a lottery pick, right? So I think it's the potential to be an impact player. We just need to start seeing it from him. So he looks like he's ready to make the second year leap. Had a good you know summer league, averaged a double double. You know. He said recently that the game's slowing down for him, so I saw some nice things. He's going to grab a lot of rebounds just because of his length and his activity, and uh, if he's on the court with JaVale McGee, um, it's going to be a big lineup, so I like the pick. I still think they want to get someone like a veteran, sturdier guy, but for now as a placeholder, yeah, I like developing him. I mean, you got to develop him or trade him. You can't just let him sit on the bench and do nothing. Um, I feel like I've been talking for a while here, but I still got a couple more. We'll save campaign for you, Fonz, because you you noticed some some stuff about campaign. Nader Abdul Nader, he looked okay. Here's my take: the Suns are gonna miss Tory Craig. They shouldn't let him go. But Nader, he's still pretty good. He was aggressive. Um, Mikel Bridges, who's also up for an extension. I saw flashes. He looked about the same. Honestly, he looked about the same good as he was last year. Um, some are saying he should get the max, and I'm like, no, no. Um, there's there's a lot more that needs to be added to his game, but uh, I'm excited. His mid range shot was was still confident, and his three point stroke was still there. Just looked a little off time, but you know it's the preseason, so give the man some time. Okay, so I, I've been talking enough. Let's go to Fonz. What was your what did you notice in the game? I noticed JaVale McGee. Uh, he is doing amazing so far. He's 
really making a point of it looks like he is somewhere he likes to be and that he wants to stay there based off the way he's playing because he's really meshed with the offensive line so far and as you were mentioning his chemistry with Chris Paul looked amazing in in this last game against the Lakers he was giving AD trouble he was bodying everyone in the paint caught a couple lobs um, and he really looked a lot more physical than he has in the past few years he was looking to set screens he was being aggressive when he was setting screens he wasn't just kind of laying back on defense he was really um, picking his feet up when he was running. He just looks like a different player altogether. Different animal and the same beast. Um, so yeah, that that looked great. Uh, and then campaign. He has always been a bit of a sleeper everywhere he goes. He kind of has his moments where he'll knock down a couple shots when he gets his time and then other games where he doesn't really perform that well. But he looked really good. Um, I'm actually really excited to see what he in particular does because he has an incredible ability for somebody with his size. He's only six foot one and he's under 200 pounds. Um, so he's not the biggest guy on the court, but he still manages to bring it. With his hair, I think he's a, oh, about 6'3". <laughs> Is he listed at six? Anyways. He's, yeah, he, he's listed at 6'1", 185. Really? So he's a smaller guard, but... He does pretty well, and I'm excited to see what he does this year. Yeah, totally. Also, too, I should mention Jay Crowder. Um, Buddy looked like he bulked up in the weight room, and it, it, like I've noticed from for some like training camp videos, like he's super confident with that three pointer, and it showed in the preseason game. Um, he's never lacked confidence, but I think he's coming into this year with a bigger chip on his shoulder. So look forward to continued excellence from Jay Crowder. Brandon, any uh, anything you wanted to add? No, I'm looking forward to see, you know, I'm excited about campaign. I think that uh, he actually gave uh, the Clippers fits last year in the playoffs. Um, really hard hard to play against. Um, so I, it's nice to hear that, it, you know, his development is still there. Um, I'm with you on Bridges. Uh, that guy disappeared uh, many times during uh, the finals. It was very disappointing. So, yeah, not a max guy for sure. Okay, good stuff. So now we're, we're going to go to... What might be your new favorite segment? It's the slam dunk, layup, foul, or flagrant segment. Basically, we rate headlines around the NBA, around the association. Obviously, slam dunk is means it's a good idea, or it's going well, and flagrant being the other end of the spectrum, and uh, you can figure out the rest. So, we're going to start us off with um, the Lakers filling up their roster with Hall of Fame players. But guys that are over the hill, really old players, like they raided a senior's home. And Fonz's expression right now is laser eyes, quietly chagrined. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, uh, Brandon, how would you how would you rank the, the the Lakers roster acquisitions this summer? A flagrant, <laughs> not only flagrant and a suspension. This is a terrible mix of players, right? Um, I think we did, I did some quick analytics with it. You know, just quickly looking at it, they're averaging their age, you know, plus or minus some of the first year players, about thirty four years old. Jeez. In a really good conference with a lot of a lot of younger teams like Phoenix, our Phoenix Suns, that are quicker, uh, younger. Uh, I don't know 
because there's going to be a lot of load management with that club. I think everybody probably in their contract is going to have to sit at least 10, 15 games. I think they've worked that into their uh, their scheduling. And if LeBron is on the floor, that's a mess. That whole team's a mess. Sorry, but terrible, terrible. Okay, Vaughn's lineup they put together. You know what? You know what? That's you. You could be very well be right, Vaughn's. I, I want to hear something. This is probably gonna be the polar opposite here. What do you got? So yeah, I'm gonna take the opposite spectrum side <laughs> of the spectrum, and I'm gonna go with slam dunk. Please enlighten me. Um, I love it. First of all, uh, I like to see that they're having fun, um, which is great. Uh, and I'm really excited to see what they bring once the season starts. Because, um, I mean, they've lost both of their preseason games, but, I mean, preseason is preseason. They haven't really had anyone playing so far. Um, you know, it could go either way. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm I'm excited. I like the idea. I love the fact that Westbrook is, is playing with LeBron. Uh, I know a lot of people have been waiting to see this happen, myself included. Um, and it could go amazing. It, it could, they could completely dominate the league or they could be injury ridden and totally, you know, bomb the season. Uh, one thing I've noticed is a lot of people saying, oh, there's too many ball dominant players on the team. Right. Uh, like LeBron Westbrook guys who, you know, can't, haven't proven themselves as the best off ball players. Uh, but the, the, which is true, but at the same time, these are guys who have been in the league for over a decade. Um, so they know what it's like to have to mesh, what it's like to play for a different team. I mean, people said the same thing about LeBron when he went to Miami and saying that LeBron and D-Way wouldn't work because they were two extremely ball-dominant players. But, I mean, we all know how that turned out. So for me, it's a slam dunk. It's through the yeah. legs, alley-oop from the free throw line, slam dunk. All right. I'm going to go layup. Here's the deal. Like, on paper, this is, like, the most stacked team in the history of the NBA. They just got Hall of Famers upon Hall of Famers. I mean, at one point they had, uh, yeah, Dwight Howard, Hall of Famer, backed up by Marcus All, probably Hall of Famer. And, and then DeAndre Jordan, maybe not a Hall of Famer, but an all-star center. Like, how many all-star centers do you need? Um Russell Westbrook, Rajon Rondo, two Hall of Fame point guards, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, like Carmelo Anthony, top 10 scorer in the history of the NBA. It's like, dude, this team is is stinking stacked. And it's so annoying that Lakers and Brooklyn just sign all these guys for for nothing. They just they just get any player they want. So it by all accounts they they should win. They're they're, they're the most talented team. Um so I'm going to give them a layup for a talent acquisition, but like they're, they're old there could be chemistry issues there could be shooting issues those are the three things i see them running into age shooting and chemistry we're, we're just gonna have to see on this one they're gonna they're yeah i i think they're gonna be better than next year i mean adding russell westbrook is not gonna make them worse quite frankly i mean there might be some you know bit of chemistry issues but dude buddy walking triple double so super competitive He's More excited with AD and Russell, yeah, versus you know LeBron and Carmelo on the floor. I'm not, Dude, I'm Russ not is too your happy guy. about AD right now. Russ is your guy though, right? Russ is my guy. Yeah, Russ Russell is and will always be my guy, just because of the passion 
and the energy he brings to the court every time he steps. Yeah. But I'm not too happy with AD right now. I, I, I got to say, man, he's looking like a walking, talking injury every time he steps out on the court. And he does not look like he wants it this year so far. We'll see. We'll see. I'll leave that up to you. Okay. Next, uh, next topic. Ben Simmons has demanded the trade. He will not report. He's willing to sit out the entire season if his request is not granted. We'll start with Fonz. What is that to you? That's a flagrant. That's that's a flagrant and just go retire from the league. Go play in China if you think you're that good and you deserve that much. That's really all. He's going to get paid regardless. He's locked into a max deal for the that, next four years. That's fine, but, I mean, it's your job. You're getting paid, so play. And I'm not saying just shut up and dribble, but come on, dude. You, your fans, they have they, they expect this from you. You're letting down your fans. You're letting down the people you work for, your family, and it just looks bad on you. I got you. Um, Brandon? Similar take. It's a, it's a foul. Oh, um, I don't think we're really, really going to notice if, if Simmons sat out the whole year. I don't... I don't think everybody's going to really notice that he wasn't even in the league, right? Uh, the 76ers are better without him. Actually, he's he's kind of been absent last year, too, if you think of it, even though he's on the floor. Uh, it's just unwillingness to, to shoot. Um, really just makes that contract just uh, terrible on the books because um, such, he such he has such talent. He has this potential, but he's too Hollywood, this guy. I, I see him almost clipper bound, which again I'm not super excited about that at the same time. But I don't again uh I don't think it really matters. I think Embiid really drives the the Sixers. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah, so I'm gonna go um flagrant too. Yeah, Ben Simmons. Dude, just learn how to shoot a free throw. He's a professional basketball player who's afraid to shoot. I mean, I'll, yeah, there's a lot made of he passed up a dunk. There was a guy coming to challenge it. So I saw DA do the same thing in a preseason game last night, um, which is almost as egregious. Anthony Davis was like 10 feet behind. He had a wide open dunk, and he, he pump faked and missed a layup. So, I mean, it, it happens. But, you know, Buddy's just – he's in no position to be demanding a trade. Why did he take that money and then a year later recant on the deal, right? And where's he going to go? Philly wants to get, like, all this Daryl Morey's trying to – you know, Brandon's a Daryl Morey, the podcast actual Daryl Morey's trying to just get like, you know, so much from that. No, no team is willing to pay that for Ben Simmons. So he's a super talented player. He just can't shoot. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a foul for me. He'll be going to the Rockets. <laughs> That's another prediction. You can write it down. He's rocket found. Okay. So the next uh, slam dunk layup flagrant or foul, foul or flagrant is we're going to Clippers line here. Uh, so the Los Angeles Clippers chance to have a successful season without Kawhi. We'll start with Brandon being the Clippers in the Clippers camp here. What what do you say? Uh, slam dunk. This is this is terrific news for them to play without Kawhi. What the the offense flowed better. They were yeah. a lot quicker right. with PG thirteen, but the problem was they couldn't get stops, mm. and it got exposed when especially against Phoenix. Okay. So okay, fun. I'm gonna say it's a layup because it's. Good for them, right? I mean, as Brandon said, I, I hope it works. I'm not the biggest Clipper fan, so I can't really dive into it. But, yeah, I think it it'll, it should be good. 
I'm going layup as well. Um, I saw something from the Clippers that wasn't there when they had Kawhi. I don't know how to pin it. Uh, like you were saying earlier, Philly looked better without Ben Simmons at times. I just noticed Clippers played more like a team. And didn't Clippers have like their most successful season in franchise history this year? Um, and that was without Kawhi. So it's like they, they made it, and playoff P was was actually performing pretty good. Reggie Jackson emerged. So, yeah, the, the team somehow played better without Kawhi. It was the, the pairing of Kawhi and Paul George always seemed slightly awkward. Mm-hmm. They had a very overlapping skill set. So I think they, they're still going to be a top five team in the West. But, you know, I th- top five or top six, but outside the top four. So, yeah, but they'll still be they'll still be there. So, agreed. Yeah. Next topic, Phoenix Suns chances to compete with these super loaded teams in the NBA right now like the Lakers and Brooklyn. Um, I'll start. You know what? I'll start. I'm going slam dunk. Yeah, the the teams were loaded last year too. Brooklyn fell apart cuz of injury. Lakers just they blame injury, but really they just sucked. <laughs> Sorry phones. <laughs> I mean, what, 80 pulled his groin? So what? Chris Paul missed a couple games, too. The, the Suns still, still, still took care of business. Lakers didn't. You can blame whatever you want. Um, but here's the deal. Yeah, so, yeah, Brooklyn and Lakers. Again, Lakers are the same question marks. Kyrie may not even play because, you know, he's going through the media right now with the vaccination status thing. So there's there's all these, these headlines. There's these distractions, potential injuries. And quite frankly, the Suns just do, they handle their business the right way. They don't load manage. They take their regular season every game seriously. Chris Paul played basically every game, right? He's old. He played every game. They do it the right way. They were the best team or second best team all year last year. And they carried that momentum right through the playoffs and they took care of their business until the final round. So, no, they're going to be just as good, if not better, this year. And these, these super teams that are trying to you know, circumvent, shortcut the system by just signing ultra-talented players for super cheap. Um, they always have a chance because of their talent, but they're, they're going to run into some other issues with age and injury and chemistry. So, yeah. So, Brandon, what do you say? I'm with you. It's a slam dunk. Uh, the Suns brand of basketball is much better than Brooklyn. Much, much better than the Lakers. Um, they have defined roles on this team. Um and any team that's relying on Kyrie, that guy is a disappearing act for the past few years. So, no, I think the Suns have a great chance to compete. Good call. Fawns? I'm going to say it's between a foul and a layup. So it's really in the middle for me. Because if they manage to make it out of the West, they have an easy run against the Nets. Really? Just because, as Brandon said, Kyrie don't show up. Harden is a prima donna. He's always injured. I don't know. If they manage to make it out of the West. Big if. Big if. We know, Big purple we, we know if. you recently joined the Lakers bandwagon. So, this is a slightly tainted opinion. No, man. The Lakers are just stacked. I'll give you that. They are stacked. It also is super annoying that they get all these... They just assemble a roster on the fly. But then again, that's why I say I'm, big I'm not going to go there, but LeBron, anyways. Big, big <laughs> We if. just have to say this for another episode. Yes. There's too much it's to too say. Er- it's too early. It's too early. <laughs> okay, next. Um, 
you know, there's been a lot of maxes being handed out recently. DeAndre Ayton is uh, in it to get the max. That's what he wants. There's been a bit of a contract impasse that's been reported. Um, so DeAndre Ayton getting the max, Fonz. Oh, flagrant. He hasn't proved himself. If you're telling me he's the face of a franchise, somebody who even though maybe he hasn't brought a championship to the team, but someone like maybe Damian Lillard or John Morant, who still provides value, totally, absolutely. But I don't think he's DA has proven yet that he deserves it. Ren, layup. Um, it's really the value you're going to be paying, paying up front for future future gain. So, with him, he's he's a core piece moving forward for Phoenix. Um, so you might as well just get him locked in now. Okay, I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go foul. Oh, look out. Slightly in between here. So you're, yeah. Here's the deal. If you're going based on what other guys are getting paid, yeah, give him the max. But and we're I'm going to talk about it in the next segment as well. Like, you know, these these some of these young guys are getting overpaid. They don't deserve the max. So, DA is not there yet. He's the third best player in the team. And um, you know, you can only have so many max guys. They already have Booker at the max. They already have Chris Paul as the max. Do you want to end up like the Lakers having to sign only minimum salaries cuz you have three max guys in Westbrook, LeBron and AD? That's their future. Plus if Bridges gets extended, I mean, they're going to be deep into the luxury tax and the team will have to break up in a couple years. So, no, I I can't. He might get close to the max. He might get the max. I don't think he deserves it. He's still developing. He doesn't have that dog in him that he needs. Chris Paul's having to cajole it out of him, and I hope he gets it. And I, But, yeah, he's not there yet. And the Suns can't afford it, so no, foul. Okay, so we're going to our next segment here. It's a brand-new segment, never... Never been launched until now. It's called I'm Sick and Tired Of. You know what I'm sick and tired of, Harry? I'm going to get started. It's self-explanatory. I'm sick and tired of young, unproven, mid-tier players getting the max, driving up the market for other players in that category, forcing teams to break up. It's it's super annoying. Like, okay, Trey Young, yeah, you should get the max. Averaging 25 and 10, took his team to the brink of the finals, given the max. Luka Doncic, MVP candidate, given the max. Shea Gilgis Alexander, put up 20 points on a bad team. No, don't give this man the max. Andrew Wiggins getting the max a few years ago. Just because you're the... Okay, so basically, the way it's set up now, if you're a successful draft pick, oh, we have to give him the max. He actually panned out. Like, he's supposed to be good. You know what I mean? The max should be reserved for guys that are upper echelon players, not everyone who's pretty good, you know? So it just, it drives me nuts. I'm sick and tired of it. Brandon, what are you sick and tired of? If you would have asked me one year ago, I'm, I was sick and tired of hearing that Brad Stevens was a good coach. <laughs> but I think I proved my point with Alan, right? In that right. previous podcast of prediction yeah. I made. But... Right now, it's it's video replay. Um, it's not just for basketball. It's in general for sports. It slows it down. It takes the, the flow out of the game. They make a big deal out of it. Really, in the end, do we need to review whether it was a flagrant or not? 
just put another referee in the end zone. And that's all he does is just watch. And we don't have to do these calls. It's also why the league's getting softer. Always double-checking, making sure. That's part of what makes sports sports is some of these mistakes that officiating is a part of it. And also, too, the second thing is uh, playoff Rondo. I'm tired of this guy. In fact, I think he owes the Clippers his salary from last year. Didn't do nothing. Just retire Rondo. (laughs) Okay. Some hot takes there. Uh, Fonz, what are you sick and tired of? I am sick and tired of all the hate that Russell Westbrook has been getting over the past five years. Please. (laughs) This man is a gift to the game of basketball. He's putting up insane numbers. He's taking crappy teams into the playoffs. The Washington Wizards would not have even made it to the playoffs last year if it wasn't for him. I don't know if that's saying much. The fact that he brought them from one of the lowest... They made the play-in game with a losing record. They made it, though. They were they were way worse than that before the All-Star game once he started picking it up and Brad Beal had to sit out because of injuries. Yeah. Still, the man is a beast. And I think this year is going to prove a lot of haters wrong. If I'm wrong, y'all can come at me uh, to all our listeners. I can take the hate. That's cool. But... Don't give it to my man, Westbrook. He's got so much heart, so much passion. He gives his all. And I think any team would be very fortunate to have him. And I'm excited to see what he does with the Lakers and with LeBron this year. Good stuff. So now it's time for Basketball IQ. So here's um, where I ask a panelist a very difficult trivia question. And they give me a challenge beforehand uh, predetermined so if if they get it right i actually have to do this and film it and um also too the listener at home if he gets this right and you're up for it do the challenge as well film it drop it on the uh social media it's hashtag uh, hcts podcast that's hcts podcast so what's the challenge today fawns start us off with something simple so for our first week Gonna go easy on you, because I know you haven't balled out in a while. It's I just a pandemic. Wa- I just want to see you make five free throws in a row. I think I can do that. That's what. Am, what do you think I am, Ben Simmons? <laughs> okay, yeah, let's do it. So, okay, so here's the question. Cue the music. This past year, the Phoenix Suns had two All Stars named to the All Star team. When is the last year that the Phoenix Suns had two All-Stars named during the same year? Is it A, 2005, B, 2006, or C, 2008, or D, 2009? I'm going to say C, 2008. Is that your final answer? Indeed it is. That is incorrect. It is D2009, Amari Stoudemire and Steve Nash. The more you know. NBA All-Stars. So does this mean that I have to do the challenge since I got it wrong? No. Oh, okay. It means no one has to do it. We're off the hook. Maybe next time someone will get the answer right. No, I'm just kidding. These are, these are tough questions. But, uh, yeah, tune in next week. 
same challenge every week. So, okay. So, yeah, we're we're almost done our first podcast. You guys have done great. Thanks again for joining us. But before we do, um, we have one last take, one last segment. It's the buzzer beater. Basically, it's just a, a one minute or so rant. Something that's on your mind. For me, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it away today. It's time to get Joe Johnson back on the league, and better yet, back on the Phoenix Suns. He's only 40 years old. I know it sounds pretty old, but he won. He's the back-to-back MVP for the Big Three League. He has an NBA body. He has an old man in the gym game that just it ages gracefully. He'll be he'll be balling until he's 55. He's physically built. Like yeah, dude. Some of the guys on the end of benches on teams, like young guys, like what are they doing in the league? Joe Johnson is a proven all-star in this league. He, more than that, he's a Suns icon and legend. He needs to come back to the Phoenix Suns, ingratiate the fan base, use it as a stepping stone into coaching like some of these players do, and get some minutes in a blowout. Bring back Joe Johnson to the Suns. All right. So this has been Here Come the Suns. Again, a Phoenix Suns podcast. Brightside Podcast Network, Vox Media, SB Nation. Thanks for joining us today. We're going to be releasing every Saturday. So keep an eye out for that. Um, Again, on behalf of Fawns and Brandon, I'm Chapin. Say goodnight to Phoenix Suns Nation. Bye-bye now. See you, boys. Peace. (laughs) Peace.